Hey everyone, I'm Vivek and welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast channel, Our Journey to Net Zero. We all know how important mentors are in our lives. Our guest for the day has been mentor to over 3,000 projects and has held leadership positions with Ishray, Ashray, IGBC and many more coveted industry bodies. He specializes in high-performance buildings and is spearheading the green building movement in India in the capacity of Chairman Technical Committee, IGBC. So without any further ado, please join me in welcoming our guest for the day, Mr. Ashish Rakeja. A very warm welcome, Mr. Ashish. What a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Vivek. And Namaskar, everyone. Happy to be part of this podcast. Happy to share my experiences with all of you. Thank you. To get started, sustainability goals, net zero buildings, carbon footprint. These are all parlances usually found in everyday conversations, especially amongst the building fraternity today. Are these an indication towards the changing priorities within the urban ecosystem? Great start uh, on this, Vivek. You know, I've always said that industry loves buzzwords. I remember when I started my career three decades back now nearly, green became something that was overused, abused in a way. And then we came to a sustainability. It shows that the level is going up every time we come up with a new world. At the end of the day, if you look at the fundamentals of sustainability or the fundamentals, how the building should be designed, it has to be in harmony with the nature. As the urbanization is taking place rapidly, I was reading somewhere just about a little while back only that currently we are about 35% urbanized, 30 to 35% urbanized. This number is going to go to 40% in next five years or six years time. That means a lot of buildings coming up. So as we continue coming up with new buzzwords, they continue to show the urgency of the situation that is emerging. At this point of time, India has already enjoyed two decades of green revolution, of green building revolution. But now we need to do more than that. We have done well in terms of harnessing nature to our advantage to some extent so far. But now is the time we look at complete harmonization. And that's when the terms like net zeros are being talked about. And we have our next decade which is going to be dedicated to net zero. So I think it's a great start that way. Let me extend the dots further, uh, sir. Close to 70% of the buildings that will exist in 2030 in India are yet to be built. How do you foresee the anticipated growth? And do you really see a threat or a deterrent in this growth towards the country's sustainability goals? So Vivek, I have been a very much of an optimistic the Indian Green Building Council recently released its new numbers, the recent numbers, which said that nearly 8 billion square feet of green footprint is now registered with them. Add to it what the other Green Building Councils are doing, I think we are talking easily 10 billion square feet plus. Now that definitely makes us one of the largest green footprints in the world. So one can look at it this way. The second could be our green building movement started two decades back. And that is the time when India also started constructing. If you think we are polluted today, where we would have been in case we did not have a green building movement. We are fortunate that our green building movement started when we started constructing. And the two decades have helped us to build up an infrastructure of people, product, designers, owners who now understand and appreciate 
what importance of a green building or a sustainable building is all about. I spoke about in terms of the urbanization that needs to take place and also adding to a statistic that I heard somewhere and I read somewhere where it said we need to build at the rate of nearly one Chicago a year for next 10 years. If this is what we are going to do and we have the infrastructure behind us, I'm sure we are set to do everything right going forward. So it doesn't matter if we have the most polluted cities in the world today. It is not going to remain like that because our newer construction is definitely going to be environment friendly and more responsibly being done. My question to you is the rights that we are going to do in the times to come and the rights that we have done in the last two decades, would those be sufficient enough to overcome the wrongs that we have done in the last two decades? And what is the time frame that you would be looking at going forward? So Vivek, again, I think it's a great Google you're throwing at me, we have been doing corrections, is not good enough. And that's why the sense of urgency that is coming in is showing in the buzzwords that we are using. The net zero has come from the fact that the wrongs that have happened so far, far outweighed the rights that should have been done. So yes, uh, we do have a problem in terms of what we have done earlier. The green building movement has been a top-down approach. And any movement which is top-down will always have a limited success as compared to a movement which is bottoms up. At this point, I do want to mention about the rating systems on net zero which were recently released by the Indian Green Building Council and what has the response to those been. In the first year itself after that, we had five buildings which achieved that rating. In the second year, we had another six buildings which started pursuing that rating and the numbers are growing since then. It's about people knowing the concept and realizing it can be done. Number two, the IGBC came out with a net zero water rating. Well, India is blessed with the amount of water we get. We may be getting it concentrated in few months in a year, but we get plenty of it. It's a question of how we utilize it. And today there are buildings which are pursuing that. Extending that, the Indian Green Building Council is now enthusiastically working on net zero waste rating system and finally ultimately reaching what we say a net zero carbon rating. I think we have a lot of grounds to now cover which I am confident we will do that in next decade or so. The buildings are all set to change. The building industry is all set to go to a new level. I am fairly convinced that net zero is going to become a reality quite sooner than we might think. But having said that, sir, let's also look at sustainability from another perspective, and that's the commercial part of it. Do you believe for a building to be built focused on sustainability, does it really make business sense for the investor? Wow. I recall when we started this green movement two decades back, this is the question we used to ask. Does green make business sense? Two decades later, today, when I go and tell someone green is all about fundamentals, they say, of course, we know this. Believe me, it has now been proven time and again, when you optimize your building design, you are actually doing justice to your pocket in terms of making the building cost optimum and also to your tenants who are going to be benefiting from it. Today, we have realized that green doesn't cost more. Green is all about doing the building rightly designed. The cost comes into the picture only when you're trying to correct the wrongs that you're doing to the building design. I've often said that we are fortunate 
India is fortunate that we have less water, less power, because God forbid if we had plenty of it, like our Western counterparts have, the rate at which we are constructing, we could have done a lot more wrong because we would not have been conscious about it. The very fact that we have less of it, we are starved, we are so conscious. Net zero water, net zero energy, because it is the need of the day. If we don't do that, we have a bigger challenge ahead. All you need to do is be responsible while you're designing it right at the start. And I'm sure you'll find that that it makes eminent business sense. The demand for air conditioning in India is expected to increase a 15 fold by 2050. What according to you will be the game changers that will help us keep the energy surge and the carbon footprint arising out of this to the minimum and prevent cities from deteriorating further? Again, two ways of looking at it. What is wrong if we need more air conditioning? That means it shows that the thermal comfort that people are looking for is being provided to them. I think the challenge is about misusing it. I feel it's good to have air conditioning, but only when you need it. The concept so far has been about closing the building and living inside. That means you seal the envelope and live artificially inside the building using the air conditioners. Believe me, my friend, the next decade is going to be about the buildings which are going to open up. We have lost touch with the outdoors. So that's where I feel that next decade is about opening up the buildings. Where we enjoy the nature more, we let the natural cooling takes place. So given that fact, in my opinion, even though we will see an influx of the air conditioning system taking place going forward, but if we design it right, responsibly, we are able to bring the outdoor inside whenever it's cool outside and playing with the concept of a better understanding of thermal comfort. One should be looking at using them because we all want comfort. But when the ambient is right, I think it's time that we go and harmonize with the nature. You have been the brain behind over 3000 projects of various shapes and sizes. And I'm sure that includes buildings of every category. My question is, of all these building categories, which ones have you found to be the most energy intensive? What approach do you typically take towards mitigating them? Great question. You know, very interestingly, one would expect buildings which are self-use or something which is owned by owners, you would find them to be adopting the green much more easily. But surprisingly, on the other hand, we have seen the influx of green sustainability far more in commercial buildings or tenant occupied buildings. Why? The reason is there is a competition out there. Each developer wants to be a step ahead of other. They want to do even more. So even the health and well-being rating is being followed. And surprisingly, the buildings which are more in need of optimizing resources, which is the hospitals, hotels, which tend to be energy guzzlers, the resource guzzlers, have been the slowest to adopt them. Probably because their business models are built around the fact that uh, they did not have to worry about it so far. Obviously, things are changing. In the hospitality world, I won't say in a big way, but in definitely much more defined way than what I saw earlier. Healthcare segment has been the slowest to adopt. The examples of green hospitals. So that's been my experience than what I've seen so far. The recent times, especially the 
last couple of years have seen an upsurge in data centers extent that I understand data centers are something which run 24 7 365 days and also are very energy intensive how would you compare data centers to the other building categories yes data centers are going to be a new energy intensive building form that is emerging now far more energy intensive than any other building I remember a time when we used to do data centers maybe about a decade back where it was given a data center means a low temperature application. Today, we are talking of data centers. I think it's common now. We talk of hot aisle, cold aisle concept. In a hot aisle, the temperatures go as high as 35 degrees. We are also looking at concept like immersive uh, servers. That means servers which are immersed in water. It could also be chill water carrying the door coolings and all happening or chill water going up to the server to cool it down. Our Servers are becoming more and more rugged as compared to what we were doing earlier. I think countries waking up to the fact that a large amount of power generation in which is going to happen in future is going to get directed towards the data center industry. I think that's how I see that going forward. You have spoken extensively of how we have traveled the distance in the last two decades, the way the urban ecosystem has evolved. Now, how do you foresee the buildings of the future evolving from where we are today the question that you have put up is very very interesting i would say how the buildings are going to evolve i would say that the whole building industry is going to change into performance-based design when i say performance-based designs tomorrow you're going to get or that our designers will get an rfp or request for proposal which will say we are looking for a net zero energy building which will be Platinum rated on green scale, net zero energy scale, or possibly a net zero water building, an indoor environmental quality standard or ishre being complied or equivalent to class A. You know, terms like these. That's it. That RFP is enough. Now what will happen is the whole conglomerate who's delivering the building has to meet the performance criteria which was specified by the building owner let's say for a duration of one year or two years or three years or four years or five years, in which way they have to demonstrate that whatever was committed is being delivered. Who's going to deliver this? Is the architect going to deliver this? Is the MEP consultant going to deliver this? Is it a contractor going to deliver this? Is it a operator going to deliver this? None of them alone can do that. All four of them have to get together to deliver this building. And this is where we will go a performance-based design in which the rewards and the penalties will be linked to the kind of building we end up delivering and the performance it achieves. When it's a performance standard, it comes to you based on performance. So you get a, a label of one star to five star depending on the energy performance index. Now for a designer, for a building owner, it doesn't tell me that what I could do to optimize. Where are the areas where I'm going wrong? And it helps you to optimize. Now, with this, let me sum it up by saying, if you look at the net zero energy standard, it's a performance-based standard. Net zero water standard is a performance-based standard. Net zero carbon standard is a performance-based standard. Star labeling program of building is a performance-based standard. And that is why I said the whole concept of building design is going to become performance-based. All together will be required to get together and demonstrate the compliance. Technology has been an element which has played a very critical role. 
how do you see technology playing a part in the overall transformation and how do you see the technology itself evolving in the times to come i think as we are making our buildings more and more complex or more and more integrated you know in terms of individual performance of the subsystems or the components there's a lot of revolutions which have taken place so individual components have already gone to the best that they could i think now is the time to get a better performance in a coordinated manner or what we say in an integrated manner the concepts of ai artificial intelligence are very much here it is bound to happen when i say performance based design earlier for us to achieve that performance the technology has to play the role a well designed building which is poorly operated will not yield us the result and similarly the vice versa a well operated building but poorly designed is not going to take us anywhere it is the combination of two and that combination of two comes from the fact that we need technology to help us rightly operate the building artificial intelligence is going to be very useful because that will what will help us to predict the performance it helps us to cut down the energy consumption further so technology is very much here to stay in india's journey towards becoming net zero beyond the built environment beyond the urban ecosystem or at least a constructed ecosystem what other elements do you foresee playing a vital role in helping india achieve its sustainability goals any movement which is top down has a limited penetration a movement which is bottoms up will always have a broader base i think for us to now to go to the next level education is going to be an important factor companies like yours like danfoss any other responsible manufacturer will have to have a clear mandate within that it is their responsibility when they are pushing a product to also educate our technical societies a body like ishray and many others who are there in this industry they have to play the role today the designers that we have they can rub shoulders with anyone in the world the products also what we get in india i think whatever gets launched globally is available out here i think where we are lacking is right operations and that's where the focus is going to be uh one thing i do want to cover the installers i think there is a big gap in the technologies in the learning in the design that we do vis-a-vis what gets installed i think our next focus area is education to the youngsters young engineers education to installers i think that is where the need is for us to invest sir you have been one of the driving forces of the acrex hall of fame could you please tell us as to how have you seen it evolve over the last five editions Well I recall the Acrex Hall of Fame when it was launched first in Mumbai great concept to recognize an iconic building which is meeting the objective of what it was designed and in terms of successfully being operated now mind it the Hall of Fame acknowledges the building based on the operating statistics and it brings me back to the same thing of uh, performance based and of course we we chose one of them but that doesn't mean the other buildings were anywhere short because the very fact that you make the cut itself is commendable so the whole concept of recognizing the buildings and then along with it the stakeholders architects consultants contractors operators owners i think is wonderful the journey that you've done in last 5 years every year the level goes up further and rightfully so also 
because there are very few forums in india where a building is recognized truly on the worth on its worth rather than based on the money which is taken from them thank you so much for that sir as we approach the closure of our conversation what would be your closing remarks to the larger building fraternity in their pursuit to achieve their sustainability goals i think it's time that we start coming together we have all designed and built in silos and this is not the way how the performance based designs would work if you look at the green building design the first thing it talks about is the integrated design process so to my friends out there i'll definitely like to say that every stakeholder is important each one of us have our own learnings in the industry even after three decades today i feel i'm still learning let's keep our eyes ears and hearts open because the next generation of buildings are going to demand from us something which is high performance which has to meet its end objective and that's only going to come when we are looking at it from a same lens rather than from different lenses thank you so much mr ashish for such a splendid conversation it was indeed a pleasure to have you with us thank you vivek again grateful to danfoss grateful to ishray and of course thank you to all of you for uh, hosting this podcast i enjoyed being there and uh, wish you all the best for upcoming acrex hall of fame been a pleasure and thank you so much with this we reach the end of our yet another episode on this note signing off for now and until next time